championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything. Lakers Media Day was today. That, to me, officially starts the Lakers' new season. Training camp really gets into swing tomorrow. And then, first preseason game coming up Sunday. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Another Laker just got a contract a few hours ago. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Russell Westbrook, his fit with the Lakers and LeBron James, some strategy this season. A.D., Move into the five, at least according to him. Maybe a little bit different story if you ask Frank Vogel. A lot to break down. Plus, of course, we'll be taking your questions and comments. Before we dive into all of it, though, thank you guys for joining us. And help me out. Go hit that subscribe button over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. If you're not already, we're on the cusp of hitting 400,000 subscribers, which blows me away. Can't wait to get there. So help us out. Hit that 400,000 subscriber by uh, by hitting that subscribe button. And don't forget to turn on notifications as well. Joining me tonight is Skylar Triple from LakersNation.com. Skylar, how you doing, man? Dude, I'm absolutely fired up. Like, we are all bleeding purple and gold again. Not that we don't during the offseason, but it is oozing out at this point because media day is here. That is the official start of the season. We've now seen Westbrook. We've seen Mello in the Lakers jersey, and it's real, and it's here. And uh, I'm really just excited that preseason starts this weekend, and NBA basketball is back. That's right. That's right. You know, when we ever, when we have media day, we are always on muscle watch. We want to see who's put on 10 to 15 pounds of muscle, which is just what everybody says. But one guy that definitely hasn't is Taylor Horton Tucker. My goodness. He has really slimmed up. Looks like a completely different guy. So that's something that of course we'll talk about. We'll talk about his role with the Lakers. Uh, but I guess let's jump right into, oh, Skyler, somebody's already mentioned that your cat is chilling in the background. Yeah. <laughs> we said we said he was going to be hanging out. So we really have three of us on this show. We have myself, we have Skylar, and we have Skylar's cat, Simba. So welcome, Simba. <laughs> and if you're listening to the podcast version of this, you have no idea what we're talking about. But there yeah. is a cat joining us as well. Yes, um, just got him on Saturday. So uh, he'll, he'll be with us <laughs> a little bit tonight. Might jump the, up on the screen. We'll see what happens. The new arrival. But uh, speaking of new arrivals, Trevlin' Queen. Gets a contract with the Lakers. This just happened. Uh, gets a camp deal with the Lakers. And I know a lot of people have been asking about him, about about whether or not he would get a deal with the Lakers, saying that maybe he should be a guy to get to look at for a roster spot because they were so impressed with what he did at Summer League. A very, very solid score put up, as I recall, is about 13 points coming off the bench for the Lakers in Summer League. Skyler, what do you think about that addition to the training camp roster? I think it's a great addition personally. We saw him and he had some uh, a really good game out there, particularly, you know, he was shooting a three well. And I think that he was a standout player uh, because he did have that 13 point game and was able to provide a little bit more consistency than some of the other league summer league players. So I think that's a really great addition to give him that training camp invite because he was showing out uh, compared to some of the other players consistently for sure. He really was. This is something, you know, if you're if you're the type of person that likes seeing players who perform well and, and see a, a meritocracy, see a player get a chance that they earn just by scrapping and clawing in Summer League, this is a great, great story. And here's the other thing, right? We talked about this yesterday, I believe. Austin Reeves got the final spot for the Lakers, got the 14th roster spot. And I do want to get into his contract in just a bit. But that opens up a two-way spot. So this might not be all that we see of Trevlin Queen. Like, there is a two-way spot that is now available. Mac McClung, Cam Oliver, Chondi Brown, all on Exhibit 10 deals. That would seem to funnel them towards the G League. But any of these guys, and Trevlin Queen now included, have an open two-way spot to now fill. I think that's going to make training camp and the preseason that much more interesting because these guys are going to be battling out to get that open two-way slot that the Lakers now have. Let's see. I'm getting all kinds of questions and comments coming in here already. Oh, and somebody mentioned Mike Wolf said, what about Joel Ayayi? Yeah, he's the reason why there's only mm-hmm. one two-way slot. He's already got one. So I didn't mention yeah. him because he already has one of them, but we yeah, will see nice. him 
in camp with the Lakers as well. Didn't perform great in summer league, but uh, I'm hoping we'll see better from him here in preseason. Might be the kind of player that just plays better with better players around him. Could very well be the case. Uh, Lots of breakdown, though, from summer league or from uh, media day today. And so what I want to start off really getting into is a comment that Rajon Rondo made. Rajon Rondo said that LeBron has the blueprint for winning in the NBA. Said it's very clear because he's made X number of finals in however many years, whatever it is, eight finals in the last 10 years, or whatever LeBron has made, um, that he's got the blueprint to win. And then Rondo threw in, Sly Rondo threw in, and I've got that blueprint as well. He said he wouldn't reveal what exactly that was in order to get that far, but he said maybe when he's a, a coach in the NBA, he will unveil that, which Rajon Rondo, we all know, one of the most brilliant basketball minds. He is going to make a great coach at some point. But I think there's something like part of this was Rondo being facetious, but part of this is real. Like LeBron has an understanding and Rondo too of what it takes to get to the finals. And so for everybody that's talking about the Lakers age, Skyler, are we just overlooking what the age also brings in terms of wisdom, in terms of that knowledge, that understanding of what it takes to get to where they want to go? Oh, 100%. If, if any, for all those people who are talking about the age narrative, it, it's silly. This is a tried and tested formula in the NBA. And I've got, you know, one jarring stat in particular uh, yeah. on that. 31.7 years old was the average age of the 1998 Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan. The Lakers, 32.1 everyone's talking about how old they are. This is a tried and tested formula formula. You always want that veteran experience. You've got guys who haven't won a championship. Now you've got some young players too. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like Rondo's comment. What I'll give them the credit for with the blueprint to a championship is they certainly showed us in 2020 that those two together do have a blueprint for a championship and, uh, you know, we got, what, five guys from that roster now, some great new additions. I think they really fixed a lot of their holes. And so, yeah, no, I uh, I agree with Rondo. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that, that he's right. There's a advantage. Like, everybody wants to harp on the disadvantage of having an older roster. And it's like, I think it, it's partially wishful thinking from non-Lakers yeah. fans that, oh, okay. the, old, the age is going to be such a huge factor rather than, like, oh, man, this team might be really, really good because they understand what it takes, because they know they know what it takes to get there because so many of them have already been there, right? Yeah. I think that's, that's important. It is an advantage. Uh, I agree. Uh, I've got Captain Chevrolet from YouTube, the Super Chat. Thank you. Guys, we basically have a 2K fantasy squad. We could yes. have at least two Hall of Famers on the court at all times. What does that do to the opposition's morale? I think that's an interesting point. Right. Absolutely. Like if you are, let's say you're one of the guys that's been coming up in the NBA, like Austin Reeves actually made this comment today. Like he walks into the Lakers locker room and he can't imagine the guys that he's playing with because these are the guys that he's watched for years growing up. So now you're a youngish player in the NBA. Let's say you're 23, 24, 25, whatever. And you're on a decent team, but you step out on the floor and staring across from you is LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Carmelo Anthony, maybe it's Rajon Rondo out there, right? All these guys, Dwight Howard, these guys that just dominated your formative years of NBA basketball, and that's who you have to play against. That's a mental hurdle to overcome to some degree. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely uh, strikes fear into the hearts of teams in a lot of ways, and it's incredible. The Lakers have six Hall of Famers future Hall of Famers on their roster right now. And people forget as well, Trevor, that Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook at 28 and 32 are still in their athletic prime. In the NBA, a player's prime before all the age stuff was generally 27 to 32. So that's going to be an absolutely deadly pick and roll. And I think that it is a a huge advantage to have a bunch of Hall of Famers across from you and guys that they grew up looking up to. It is that intimidation factor. And you will be able to boast two Hall of Famers. That's an excellent point. So I've got a comment here from John Fry. Fortunato from YouTube said, Trevor, are you planning to update your Rondo jersey? So you guys know that when playoff Rondo showed up, now about a year ago at at this point, not quite, it still hasn't been a year since the Lakers won the NBA championship, uh, at least a calendar year. 
But about a year ago, Playoff Rondo showed up. Playoff Rondo showed up in a big, big way. And I told Lakers Nation viewers that, you know, I'd been very skeptical of Rondo during the season. But if Playoff Rondo showed up, then I would proudly buy a Playoff Rondo jersey. I'd wear it on our show. I still have it. It is actually sitting right over there right now, just off camera. I could go grab it if I needed to. But they're asking, will I update it? Because now Rajon Rondo is no longer number nine. Instead, that goes to Ken Bazemore. I believe he's getting, what, number four now? Yeah. That's the that's the number that Rondo is getting. I think, though, I think that's not enough just doing the jersey. I think we need to up the ante here, Skyler. So I'm going to put this wow. out here for Lakers Nation, okay? If the Lakers win the 18th championship this season and playoff Rondo shows up, I think that would require some type of Rondo tattoo. I will put my oh, skin on the God. line here. I will I will go that far. I think that some type of Rondo tattoo is necessary. Maybe a number a number 4 with the Rondo name above it, something like that. And we'll come up with something. But I I think that's what we need to put on the line here for this season. We got to take it we got to take it one step higher because number 18 would mean leading the NBA in championships. So let's up the ante on that one. Trevor, I, I love it, man. That is awesome to literally put your skin on the line. Um, unfortunately or fortunately, both sides here, I'm, I'm guaranteeing that you will end up getting that tattoo. I hope so. If that is, in <laughs> fact, um, the the official ante that we're upping here. So I, I love that, man, and props to you for doing that. And, yeah, banner number 18 is absolutely on the way for the Lake Show. Rondo said he's got the blueprint. Maybe uh, – some sort of blueprint, Jay-Z, Rondo, I don't know. There, there's a lot of different ways you can go with this. I'm excited. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out for sure. Uh, Alex Amberling from YouTube, the Super Chat, said, With age comes experience. We have a lot of it. Agree, you have a lot of both. You have a lot of age, but also a lot of experience that goes with that, and that's going to be key for the Lakers. Also added in, I'm way beyond hyped for the Russ AD pick and roll. Oh, best in the league. Oh, yeah. I am so excited about that. Um, This is... So a lot of people have talked about, and I guess we're kind of falling in the same category, right? People have talked about the Lakers' age and what a negative that is, right? Without really looking at the positive. I'm talking about fans of other teams, right? I've been saying the Lakers' age is a negative without focusing on the positive. The same thing is being said about Russell Westbrook, about how negative... It is that he's on the team and he's not as valuable as he used to be and he can't shoot three and all that. Look, there's some real concerns in terms of floor spacing and all that. That's legit, right? And we can address those things, but we can't just deny the things that he does well. And I am so excited to see Westbrook flying down the floor and throwing lobs to Anthony Davis. This is going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be some frustrating half-court possessions. There's no question. Like, the Lakers even talked about it today. A number of them said, it's going to take some time. There's going to be bumps in the road. LeBron said, they're not going to be peanut butter and jelly right away. That's fine. But there's going to be moments where we see what this team can really do, especially in transition. Skylar, I can't wait. It's one of the things I'm looking forward to most is Russell Westbrook combining with Anthony Davis. I'd imagine you feel the same. Oh, I I couldn't agree more. It will be the most deadly pick and roll in the league with the lobs too. And let's not forget as well, Russell Westbrook with LeBron James. We saw Russell Westbrook with James Harden, James Harden dominating the ball, Westbrook playing off ball. And before the pandemic stopped the league dead in its tracks, they were actually winning uh, most of their games. I believe they had multiple sort of seven game win streaks and Westbrook was scoring 40 a game. So we've seen when LeBron's on the floor, what Westbrook can do. And yes, Westbrook and Anthony Davis. I mean, those two are going to be on a mission to remind people of who they are and how good they are. And it's going to be so much fun to watch and lead to a lot of great Lakers wins, moments and playoff moments as well. I think we're going to see a revenge season from Anthony Davis. Like it's hardcore. Westbrook is the shiny new toy, right? So he's going to get a lot of attention. LeBron is going to get a lot of attention because he's LeBron. Anthony Davis, it's like the league has forgotten how good he is, right? I mean, Charles Barkley calling him, what was it? Street clothes, something like that, right? Like the league is writing off Anthony Davis at this point. I, I think having a full off season, we're going to get a return to the 2019, 2020 AD 
who was just an absolute dominant monster. And I can't wait. I think he's going to remind people. Look, LeBron said today, I can't wait to see an angry Anthony Davis. Yes. I think that's what we're going to get. And you could see the fire in LeBron's eyes when he could saying that. And he was just so excited. Uh, This will be the Anthony Davis revenge season. Indeed, I think that we will see a hearkening back to that. You know, ESPN ranked him number two after that season. This year, they ranked him number nine. I have number four on my personal rankings of who the best players in the NBA are because everybody forgot about him. It's unbelievable, and he will have a revenge season to remind people that he's one of the original unicorns. Yeah, he absolutely, and that's what LeBron called him today, called him the unicorn, and he is he is tremendous. He's one of the very, very best players in the NBA when he really gets rolling. he is He's an MVP caliber player. I don't think any Lakers are going to win the MVP this season because you've got three guys together. A lot of times that dilutes the vote a little bit, but I think he's that caliber of player when he's firing on all cylinders. Uh, Kendall Strouder from YouTube with a super chat. Thank you. Said, hey, Trev, I feel like Mello will have a huge impact on AD offensively because Mello has mastered the mid-range slash post-game. Mello will be a good mentor for him. You know, that's something that I hadn't considered a whole lot of. Might we see AD with a new bag of tricks in the mid-range picking up stuff from Mello? Like, for example, Mello's classic move is the hard dribble middle spin back baseline score. Are we going to see AD pick up some of this stuff? Well, we absolutely are because, again, people really forget how young Anthony Davis is. I'm actually born in 1993 as well, so we were both 10 years old when Carmelo Anthony was drafted. Anthony Davis grew up watching Melo. Now he's on the same team. Davis is going to be fired up to learn everything he possibly can from Carmelo Anthony, and that's a really smart point um, because he really can learn a lot from him in the mid-range area. And again, with Anthony Davis, too, back to what we were saying, I think that Russell Westbrook is the key to unlocking the best in Anthony Davis because mm-hmm. Westbrook historically makes bigs better. I mean, we saw, especially with Steven Adams, right, what he did with him. Uh, and so I think that that's going to be huge for the Lakers. And dare I say it, Anthony Davis with Russell Westbrook unlocking his full talent on the AD revenge season may have the best chance of winning an MVP on the Lakers if he can live up to his full potential this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. It really could. He's that caliber of player, and that would be amazing to see for sure. Uh, Michael Brown from YouTube with the Super Chat, thank you, said, Would you believe the Lakers aren't going to focus on the number one seed in the Western Conference in order to preserve players' health for the playoffs? I do. I do think that, and this is something that a lot of the players have talked about, They've got so much depth on this team that not everybody's going to have to play or be able to play on a nightly basis. I mean, you can look at this roster and say there's 13 guys right now that deserve minutes on a nightly basis. That's not practical. You can't do that. You can't have a 13-man rotation. Frank Vogel will go crazy trying to do that. So you know not everybody's going to play every single night. I think they're going to take opportunities to rest guys. I still think they're going to be able to win games, but I don't think they're going to be laser-focused on number one seed. If it's there... They'll take it. If it's there, that's fine. But they're not going to be approaching the season as, hey, we have to get the one seed in order to win. I think it's going to be more, hey, we have to be healthy in order to win. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I actually think, though, that they can still get the one seed because Westbrook will play every single game that he can. That's just who Russell Westbrook is as a player. I know he had to sit a couple last year because uh, of his style of play, and even though he's mm-hmm. you know still in his athletic prime, a little bit older. But I do think that Westbrook will really come in during that midseason portion and give it 110%, and that the Lakers can still get that number one seed just based on the pure talent they have. I think they definitely can, but I don't think, I don't think it's something that they must have yeah. right? in, or, in order to win. I don't think it's a must. Um, Kyle Roberts from YouTube with the super chat. Thank you. Said with 80 at the five, he will do work early and defense will collapse and should have a lot of open threes. If not 80, will have monster games going one-on-one. Yeah. So that's the other thing. Anthony Davis today, and this is a big topic we need to get, get into. He was asked, are you going to play the five that bill Orm report from the athletic came out yesterday saying the expected starting lineup for the Lakers is Russell Westbrook, Wayne Ellington, Trevor Ariza, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis with AD playing center. And AD flat out, plain as could be, said, I expect to play center. 
That's that's what he is anticipating this season. He did say there would be some matchup situations where maybe Dwight's in or DeAndre Jordan's in. Like, obviously, it's not going to be. He's only the center, but it does sound like Anthony Davis at the five is going to be a very real thing for the Lakers this season. And you look at what he can do on both ends of the floor when he's the five. I'm excited. As long as his body can hold up physically, I think Anthony Davis at the five is the best thing for AD. It's the best thing for the Lakers as the team. It's the best thing for Russell Westbrook. You're going to get good performances all around as long as he can hold up physically. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, Anthony Davis at the five, to me personally, that was the most exciting thing to come out of media day, uh, other than all the Kobe talking questions, of course, with Russ, because I think that, Him at the five is the key for the Lakers this year. And the fact, not only that, Trevor, but he sounded enthusiastic about playing at the five. And that's what really got me going because I think that will be key for them. Uh, It's the most deadly. I mean, if you, I would, you can't even call it a small ball lineup uh, with in today's NBA, even though it would have been 10 years ago with AD at the five and LeBron at the four. Um, But it's really going to be a very deadly lineup. And Anthony Davis playing center is key to that. Well, here's what I'm envisioning, right? Russell Westbrook at the top, dribbling the ball. You've got somebody defending him with the floor spread. And I'm not saying LeBron is just spacing the floor on every single lineup, but Westbrook at the top with the ball and nobody sitting at the basket because AD is spacing the floor and you can't leave him. How are you going to stop Westbrook from getting to the rim? And let's say AD's man, who's going to be the big, it's going to be his job to come over. If he does come over, it's lobs to Anthony Davis all day via via Russ. That's going to be really tough for teams to stop. And that's where Anthony Davis at the five helps. If it's Dwight Howard in there, if it's DeAndre Jordan in there, you've got a big because Dwight or DeAndre is sitting in the dunker spot. And that big is going to be able to come over and affect Russ's uh, shot at the rim. So I think this makes a lot of sense. I think it makes the Lakers much more difficult to guard. And again, I'm just hopeful he can keep it up. But Anthony Davis seems like he's on board with it. In the past, he's been kind of iffy about whether or not he really wants to be the center. He's always said he'll do it come playoff time. Now it feels like he's bought in, like, hey, this is just what I'm going to do. Yeah. And again, that's why I think it's the biggest news. Uh, Mr. Easley from YouTube, the super chat says THT being surrounded by all these veterans and future hall of fame talent should do wonders for his career. What do you think? Absolutely. Look, he's talked about, I think he mentioned it today that he just tries to be a sponge. He even talked about, this is what I was impressed with. And most of you guys know, I've got an education background. THT today said, I'm a visual learner to me that he understands that, that he's got that focus right? That it's not just he's trying to learn. He has taken the time to reflect upon himself and figure out what is the best way for him to learn. And so by visually seeing what LeBron does, seeing what Anthony Davis does, seeing the way they train, seeing what they do, that's what's helping him the most. That means he's actively participating in his own growth as a player. He's thinking out what it's going to take for him to get get to the next level. So to me, when he said those words, and maybe it's because I'm coming from an education background, but when he said, I'm a visual learner, that told me this is a guy who's committed to being the best he can be and soaking things up and learning from these guys. So I think this is going to be big for his growth, being around this much talent. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with the visual learner comment, particularly because LeBron took such an early interest in him, uh, as well Mm -hmm. as Rich Paul, I believe. And that's because he had that veteran-like mindset from an early age. So with the visual learner comment, you're seeing that evolve. And I think Taylor Horton Tucker, especially people who are paying attention to the Lakers really know this. But around the NBA, I think he really has one of the most guaranteed upward trajectories in the NBA right now. And when you mm-hmm. add all these Hall of Famers around him, considering that he's already won a championship with LeBron, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and Rondo, now you got Westbrook and Melo, uh, THT is going to become a special player. And let's not forget that wingspan of his, too. 6'4 <laughs> with the 7'1 wingspan. Does have a big challenge. The Lakers, Frank Vogel, and Rob Palenka, not rumored, they came out and said it, that they're going to ask him to replace defensively Alex Caruso and... Contavious Caldwell Pope. That is a lot to put on THT. I think he's up for the challenge. Uh, 
Jen Conducts from YouTube said, Braun, AD, Russell Westbrook, Trevor Ellington. How do you guard that team? Come on, deadly. Yeah, look, they've got a lot of versatility if that is indeed the starting lineup. And I guess we want to put in this little disclaimer. Right now, we're going to go ahead and operate under the assumption that the starting lineup is indeed what we've heard, Russ, Ellington, Ariza, LeBron, AD. But training camp officially starts tomorrow. Okay, Nothing is set in stone right now. Right, The Lakers are going to be playing around with things. They'll see what works, what doesn't. It's very early. But right now, if they were to have to play tomorrow, sounds like that would be the starting five. Again, but we're in a state of flux here, so that can always change. Definitely. And I think that a lot of us were originally under the assumption that AD would be at the four, maybe Dwight at the five. So what was really surprising, I think, was Trevor Ariza at the three. And that's where I wonder, do you put Carmelo Anthony in? It depends what they're going for. If you want all the best guys, I would put Melo in over Ariza personally. But if you want that firepower off the bench, uh, then you got to keep Melo on the bench coming in as the sixth man for sure, but going to be a deadly lineup. I mean, you're able to kick it out to literally anyone who can hit a three-pointer. It's unbelievable. Uh, somebody asked on the question here, and I, and I agree with you, you've got guys who can shoot and can't be left, and that's going to be important. Uh, I've got people asking, can we watch training camp? Usually the Lakers will put out some clips and things. What they're not going to do is show you their entire training camp because they don't want, especially when they get into like putting in their plays and things like that, because they don't want that stuff going around the league. And look, they're scouts. They chart their plays pretty much by the midpoint of the season. Everybody knows what everybody else does, right? That's the way it goes. But that doesn't mean they want all that stuff out there. So I'm sure you will see bits and pieces from training camp, but you're not going to see everything. Somebody asked, what is Mac McClung up to? Mm. He's another guy. He's another guy that will be contending for that two-way spot that is now yeah. open. Again, Mac McClung, Chandi Brown, uh, Cam Oliver, who I'm really excited to see what, what he's got, Trevlin Queen, all four of those guys will be contending for that open two-way spot that the Lakers now have. I would love, I'm hopeful that even if they don't make it, they all wind up on the South Bay Lakers. Because yeah. I enjoy watching the South Bay Lakers play. I, it's a fun experience. And having those guys involved would just give me that much more incentive to make sure I tune in to check out the South Bay Lakers as well. Definitely. I think Chaundy or Mac has the best chances at that two-way. Uh, let's see here. Let's go into... Oh, I want to talk a little bit about this. So Rob Palenka talked about the goals for the Lakers season. The the offseason said they had three goals. Okay, they wanted to get more more playmaking. They wanted to get more shooting. Okay, I think they got both of those things. And they wanted to go back to two traditional centers. Two traditional defensive rebounding centers, which is what they had in the 2019-2020 season when they won an NBA championship. They went the polar opposite of that last season, didn't they? Bringing in Marcus Gasol and Montrez Harrell. I think back all the time to when the Lakers early on in the season were throwing lobs to Trez that were going a foot over his head because he wasn't Dwight Howard, who definitely would have dunked the heck out of the ball. It wasn't a great fit. Didn't work out. And now you've got Dwight and DeAndre Jordan. What do you think about that shift? Like It's almost like the Lakers just admitted, you know what, what we tried last season didn't work. Let's go back to what did I mean, I, I want to give them credit for recognizing where things went wrong and saying, yeah, we messed up. Now let's let's go back to what really did work. Yeah, it's unbelievable. No, uh, Palinka strikes again, really. They saw last year they were missing that defense. They were missing a bit of that playmaking. They were missing that shooting. And they addressed all those issues perfectly. Something Malik Monk was asked about today. We have multiple players. The Lakers have multiple players in the 40% three-point shooting range. And, of course, at the center position to have both of them able to come in and, you know, do what a traditional NBA center does when we have so many transition run-and-gun shooters. That's the exact recipe that won the 2020 championship. And uh, I think it's just amazing how they really addressed all their issues and people outside the Lakers circle or who root against them really have no idea how unbelievable this squad is going to be. This Lakers team has gone back to being bigger, faster, stronger 
than most of their yeah. opponents. Like, think about that from an athleticism standpoint. LeBron, Russ, AD, just the superstars. You probably have the most athletic players on the floor. You probably have the top three athletic player athletes on the floor in just about any matchup. Probably yep. in, in, on most nights, you at least have three of the top four athletes in the game on one team. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with you completely, especially Russell Westbrook. Uh, Kobe Bryant always said Russell Westbrook is the most athletic player we've ever seen or he's ever seen. And that's still sticking around um, coming into this season. We saw him in Washington last year. He was balling out. He was driving in the hoop hard as ever. You got Anthony Davis who can run the floor, do it all. And then you've got the athletic freak of nature, uh, LeBron James, who definitely didn't slow down in year 18. And I really feel for a lot of these guys, this is going to be their big push. So they're going to, they're not going to leave anything in the tank. And I'm excited to see a heavy dose of dose of athleticism all around for the Lakers. Uh, uh, yes, I agree. And I can't wait to see that kind of just physical play back with the Lakers. Once again, Hector 13 from YouTube, the super chat. Thank you. Said, what do you think is the Lakers playoff rotation? So let's go to it's game seven. You've got a tie game. There's four minutes left. What's who's on the floor for you from this Lakers team, Skylar? Okay, so this is a really interesting one because it might not be ah, uh, it might not be the lineup that makes the most sense, but if this is game 7, I want the guys who I'm trusting the most and that is experience and that is mm-hmm. Hall of Fame worthy players. So at that point, I'm taking advantage of the fact that we have six Hall of Famers on the Los Angeles Lakers. I want Russell Westbrook at the 1. I know this is crazy. But you want that shooting. You want him on the floor. And who do you take off? I think maybe Carmelo Anthony at the two. LeBron James as a two. Russell, just so you can, for the offensive purpose. I guess I'm thinking more last play here in that case. If you had a last play. Maybe. Okay. Okay. I'm switching this up. But potentially, though. LeBron at the three, Davis at the four, and Dwight at the five. I just want to see that lineup of five Hall of Famers. Maybe you test it out and see how that works first. Otherwise, realistic for that. If that was the last play, I might go with that because they've all hit big shots. Otherwise, for the last four minutes, might just uh, do Westbrook. And then at the two, let's go with Wayne Ellington, Carmelo Anthony at the three, LeBron James at the four, and Anthony Davis at the five. But yeah, I want Mello in those last four minutes. I'm probably, if you need a bucket, I think Mello is in. If not, if you're just looking for, hey, I want a versatile lineup that can handle whatever's thrown at them, I'm probably going with what we've said the starting lineup is, right? With Ellington and Ariza in with the big three. That's that's probably the way I'm going because you can switch a lot of different things. Now, if it's a defensive possession, maybe you sub out Ellington and you're putting in, uh, say, Kent Bazemore or somebody like that to help defend at the two. Maybe it's THT by that point in the season if he's really cemented himself. By the way, THT was rumored to be the one guy that could break into the starting five right now. If they were to break up that five that we mentioned, it would be THT coming in. Obviously, wow. he'd be coming in for either Ellington or Ariza, but obviously they've seen some good things out of him. Uh, word also came out of that mini camp that they did in Vegas that his play there is part of the reason why Austin Reeves got the contract that he did, why he got that spot, because he was so impressive there. Obviously, LeBron, AD, and the Lakers really liked what he was doing there. Um, I do want to address that real quick before we move on. The contract that Austin Reeves got is only $100,000 guaranteed. That's it. It's a minimum deal with only 100000 guaranteed, and the guarantee date is January 10th. So if the Lakers waive him before January 10th, all they're on the hook for is $100,000, and they can open up a roster spot. So I'm not saying that to say Austin Reeves is, is on the way out the door. They only signed him to eventually get rid of him, and he's just eating up a roster spot on the cheap right now. I don't think that. I think they really like him. I think that they like what they see there and they want to continue to develop him. But this is also a very cost-effective way to fill your final roster spot while still developing a young player. And it's very low risk. So let's say that something happens and more players wind up on the buyout market than you expected. Something happens midseason. Somebody gets bought out. You add a 15th player midseason, but say, you know what? We still want a spot open. You could cut Austin Reeves all the way up till January 10th, 
and have that spot for the buyout market. You could also cut them if you wanted to and just play the 10, because you have to have 14 on your roster. You could just play the 10-day contract game, just sign a bunch of guys to 10-day contracts to get you through to the buyout market before you sign those last two spots. So they could conceivably open up two spots for the buyout market. Now, again, again, I like Austin Reeves. I don't think that's the way it's going to go, but the contract is set up to give them the flexibility to potentially do that if it just doesn't work out with them. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I think it's great with Austin Reeves. And and Trevor, what I have to bring up is when we as Lakers Nation went to the Summer League and saw Austin Reeves hit a game winner and play the whole game with tenacious defense. Uh, we were all standing up out of our seats, high-fiving. So personally, Austin Reeves not only provided us with a great moment, but proved that he had that killer mentality and can hit those shots. Uh, even though it was Summer League, it was still very impressive that it was almost a buzzer beater. And so mm-hmm. I think that, that this is an unbelievable deal for the Lakers that they got him this cheap. And he's got a lot of potential in the NBA because lots of guys don't bring that uh, defensive tenacity. Yeah, I mean, and for him, how great is that? You know, he was just drafted and now he's already got a spot on the Lakers. You got to love that. Got to love no that, that he was able to do that. Uh, Charles Wilden. From YouTube says, Trevor, can we get James Ennis? That was the the name that was connected. The Lakers even worked him out. We thought he, he makes so much sense because they could use another wing player. Instead, that spot went to Austin Reeves. So could the Lakers still get James Ennis? Yes, technically. They still have a 15th roster spot open. So if tomorrow Rob Blake wakes up and says, I need to sign James Ennis. And James Ennis says, I want to be a Laker. They could do that. They could do that tomorrow if they wanted. They have an open roster spot. However... Everything we've heard is that they will not use that roster spot until the buyout market midway through the season, which makes a lot of sense from a cap perspective because they're over the cap, they're into the luxury tax. When you add in the luxury tax penalties on top of paying that veteran minimum deal, waiting to sign somebody saves a ton. I mean, I'm talking millions of dollars saved to wait to fill that 15th spot until midway through the season. So while the Lakers could sign James Ennis tomorrow if they wanted to, I don't think that's the path they're going to go down. Yeah. No, I think that that was close to happening, but I think that if it was going to happen, already would have happened. Yes. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. A lot of people in our chat are very excited about Trevlin Queen getting the spot that he did. Ooh. Some people asking, could they free up both two-way spots? Sure. If the Lakers decided Joel Ayayi, it's not working out, and we, uh, we're going to cut way or part ways with you, they could do that. They could open up a second two-way spot if they really wanted to. I don't know if that's what they would really do or, you know, whatever, but yeah. uh, but that, that possibility is out there. I think you got to see how AI is in uh, mm-hmm. training camp because, no, Absolutely. he didn't show up in summer league as much as I think we hoped he would. Um, but I think that, you know, he, he does deserve that chance to prove himself in training camp. 100%. 100%. Absolutely. Summer league can be its own kind of animal sometimes where a player that doesn't necessarily look looking good in summer league doesn't mean it's going to translate to the NBA. Typically looking bad in summer league is a, is a bad sign, right? If you look like you really can't play in summer league, that's not a good thing moving forward. Looking great in summer league doesn't mean you're necessarily going to hit, but there are times where players simply just don't show well in summer league and then wind up looking a lot better. Like Trey young had a rough summer league. Right, and he played a lot better. D'Angelo Russell was rough in summer league through certain performances, and he was an all-star at one point. Right, like guys have had struggles in summer league and still found success. So I wouldn't just write off a Yai at this point. Let's wait and see what he's got. But in theory, if it doesn't work, yes, they could definitely part ways. But another thing that that I want to talk about here, and I think this is important, really important for the Lakers this season, is something that Malik Monk said today. So Malik Monk was asked, and all the Lakers two guards were asked about this, what about starting? Is that something that you really want to do? You know, it sounds like Wayne Ellington is probably in the lead to start at two right now. Yeah. And Malik Monk, his response was that he doesn't care if he's starting or coming off the bench. His only job is to be the best Malik he can be for the Lakers this season. And I thought about what he said there when he said that, And I compared that to what Dennis Schroeder said last year. And I know he's kind of persona non grata among Lakers fans right now. But think about what Dennis Schroeder said when the question was posed to him about starting or not. And he made it clear 
that being the starter was something that really mattered to him. And obviously, he had another contract on the line, right? Well, Malik Monk has another contract on the line, too. A lot of the guys on this team are on one-year deals. And yet the mentality is already, I don't care if I start or not. All I want to do is help this team in any way that I can. To me, that speaks volumes about the mindset of this team already. And it's already ahead of what last year's team was. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of what that comes from, Trevor, is a question we were answering earlier about what it's going to be like for the players who are facing multiple future Hall of Famers. Now, imagine playing on the same team as those Hall of Famers mm-hmm. and how much that motivates you. And you you want to impress these guys, you know, you you looked up to them. They're part of the reason that you play the way you do, that you're in the NBA today. And that's what I saw at this media day today was veterans who want to give it one last go and young guys who feel, hey, we want to help these veterans win. We want to learn from them. And with Malik Monk in particular, he has the absolute right mindset that he's willing to do whatever it takes, put his ego aside. And he knows he's got that over 40% three-point shooting game. So the mindset of this Lakers squad is perfect. And that's why I really do believe that they'll win banner number 18 this year. Or guarantee they will. But I I hope so, because apparently that means if uh, playoff Rondo shows up, I'm getting a a (laughs) tattoo here. Um, You know what? I've got... I've got a few people that are asking about these uh, these two guards, who we feel like is going to get the job. I still think right now it's Ellington. You know, especially if that is the starting five, you need he's right now until this changes. Right now, I think he's the best shooter on the team. That may not be the case midway through the season. We might say, "Oh, it's Carmelo," or "Oh, it's it's Malik Monk," or whoever. Right? So it could be somebody else. But right now, heading into the season. I think he's the best shooter, and I think you need that. I think you need that on the offensive end in a backcourt with Russell Westbrook. So right now, I think the starting two guard is going to be Wayne Ellington. Yeah, and I think that's the right move for the Lakers because, I mean, when well, when Ellington was on the Lakers, like he was okay at shooting threes. He was good, but he has evolved so much since, particularly in his years in Miami, and now he's back, and he's really one of the best, most consistent uh, three-point shooters in the league, just without the volume. And so I think he really is your best option at the two. The other thing is, this this starting lineup is so experienced and veteran. You throw Monk in there, it, it kind of throws off the vibe of it a little <laughs> bit. So if you get Ellington out there, you got just all experienced guys, whether you got Ariza or Mello at the three. And uh, so I, I like Ellington out there for that reason, because I think Monk is your other big option. At the so wait, there, there's an age requirement in order to get into the Lakers starting lineup now? There Sorry, be, Malik there Monk, might... you're not old enough. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, I do want to finish with, with this guy, though. And I feel like we haven't talked about him enough. In fact, I don't know if his name's even come up tonight. Or just in general, because there's so many other guys to talk about, Kendrick Nunn. Oh, Kendrick Nunn, man. he announced today that he signed with Clutch. Yeah. But Maybe we aren't making enough out of this, right? Heading into the offseason, Kendrick Nunn was seen as, as a 10 to $15 million per year guy. That's, that's what most people thought he was going to get this offseason. The Lakers got him for five and change. They got him on the mini mid-level. He signed with Clutch, which obviously has a pretty good connection with the Lakers. That was announced today. He's only been in the NBA for a couple of years. But he's, he averaged 15 points a game for the Miami Heat last year. He went nuts yeah. against the Lakers in a game in the NBA Finals. He was hitting everything. I remember being frustrated. Like, Kendrick Nunn comes out of nowhere and starts hitting all these tough shots. Uh, this is a guy that I think can really turn some heads and might even be getting overlooked when we talk about the two guards because I could see a dual guard backcourt of Kendrick Nunn and Russell Westbrook actually working. Yeah, you know what? That's a really, first of all, I mean, Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, I can't believe his name didn't come up. I think that's a phenomenal signing for the Lakers. Uh, I was very fortunate to be at Dwayne Wade's jersey retirement. uh, And Kendrick Nunn scored 24 points, eight assists that night. Uh, Just one of his best career games. He balled out. He can hit the three. He can drive. And he's really, as well, tenacious on defense. Uh, Trevor, when you're talking about that lineup, and particularly, you know, with Kendrick Nunn being pretty young overall, Mm -hmm. uh, he he could work his way in because he can shoot the ball fairly clutch as well and he can really light it up so I think that working his way into the starting lineup could be tough but 
you know, in the same way that Mello will be a bench player, but he's going to play those big moments. Yeah. I could see that happening with Kendrick Nunn. Uh, he's a special player, and he could really make his way in. And that's why I signed with Clutch today, too, because they know what's up. Yeah, I, I guess I should clarify. I've got a few people in the comments saying Nunn is too short to, to start next to Westbrook. Yeah, I'm not suggesting he, he should start next to Westbrook or he should be the two guard. I'm talking about for specific moments in the game, you can turn to that. We're seeing teams do that more and more yeah. where they're running – two guards next to each other and then letting them orchestrate and wreak havoc because then when the ball gets swung to the weak side, you've got somebody who can create and is used to that kind of a role and attacking. So that's where I could see something like that work, not something that you go to for 30 minutes a night or anything like that or to start the game or or any of that, right? But it's something that you can roll out there. And I do think that he's probably the backup point guard to start the season. As much as we like Rajon Rondo, I think the what we've heard so far is pretty much that Rondo's not going to be a guy who plays on in a night in night out basis. It's going to be more kind of as needed because that's just where he's at in his career right now. Yeah. Kendrick Nunn will be the most underrated uh, pickup for the Lakers. That being proven by the fact that we even just brought him up on the show, but seriously, the, the guy is really a phenomenal player was great in Miami. Got a lot of notice from Dwayne Wade too, uh, growing up in Chicago as well, like Dwayne Wade. And so, uh, oh, and so LeBron will like that too, the Dwayne Wade connection. But none will be our, the Lakers' most underrated pickup. He's going to have a great year and be a great addition to this team for a long time to come. Uh, Mike Wolf from YouTube said, I just want Rondo to throw a lob to Westbrook so we can squash the beef. They actually talked about it today. They addressed it today at Media Day. Rondo did. Uh, he was asked about it, and he said, he has no problems with Russell Westbrook, that he's going to go at Westbrook. Westbrook's going to come at him. He's talking about in practice, like they both have the same mentality that they're going to push each other and go at each other. He said it was his brother that had a problem with Westbrook, not him. There's no issue. So I wouldn't, I don't think it's anything to worry about. That was a pretty funny moment in the bubble to the, uh, the Rondo brother Westbrook fight. But no, definitely. I think they're, they're going to coexist perfectly on the court. This is not Rajon Rondo and Chris Paul. That would never work. Um, but Rajon Rondo and Russell Westbrook, there wasn't enough beef there. Uh, they're both tenacious competitors, and I know that they're going to respect each other a lot due to that. Look, if LeBron can play a season with Lance Stevenson, I'm sure yeah. Russell Westbrook and Rajon Rondo can play together, and they'll be just fine. Uh, let's let's finish with this. So Mamba Mentality from YouTube says, the chemistry actually looks really good. I do want to caution this. And yes, everybody said all the right things today. Everything sounds great. We're hearing great things. It's also media day in October. Around the NBA, most teams are saying the right things right now. Most guys are saying they're in the best shape ever. Optimism runs free on media day. It's the way it goes. Everybody has the same record. Everybody's shooting the same percentage. Life is good, right? And I'm not saying that's going to change. Right now, everything looks great. They did their mini camp in Vegas. The guys seem like they all get along. They're excited to be playing together. They're committed to winning, winning a championship. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, let's not say the chemistry on this team is great until it's proven on the floor, until it's the dog days of January and February and the players are starting to wear out a little bit and you get some, some, uh, some little injuries and fatigue and things like that coming into play. Then let's see. When the rotation, when minutes are getting cut and some guys might want to play more than what they are, let's see what the chemistry is like there. Again, so far, so good. Nothing to complain about right now. But I'm just saying the true test of the chemistry is going to come midway through the season and beyond. So far, so good for sure. And I really do think that the age will actually be a huge benefit to the chemistry because these guys have played with each other, seen each other play for years, mm -hmm. been on multiple all-star teams. Get this stat, Trevor. Every single active 2013 All-Star, except for Chris Paul, is on the Lakers right now. Really? Every single one. Wow. And so they literally have all played with each other for years. They know each other's games. They've watched each other. And I think that will contribute hugely to the Los Angeles Lakers. And also something about chemistry I want to bring up. It's funny. You said optimism. And then uh, the guy who asked the question is Mamba Mentality. Matt the Optimist Peralta wrote an article today for Lakers Nation uh, about Carmelo Anthony saying, you know, he knows Kobe's smiling right now. Yes. And mentioned that everyone has their Kobe ties on this. 
And with Russell Westbrook, he was asked about that too and said, you know, he looks at the 8 and 24 and he's just in awe. He's motivated. Lots of these guys, because of their age, played at the same time as Kobe as well, played with him. Ariza even won a championship with him. Last player in the NBA to do that. So I think just like the 2020 season, Kobe Bryant will unite this team far more than people expect. So I think that will also contribute to chemistry. That's a good point. Kobe is something that will always be a constant and a presence around this team. Um, speaking of mama mentality, gets the last last word in here. Said, are we doing next man up this season? Yeah, when this... So I've mentioned this before on the show, but what's going to happen is right now we're doing Tuesday, Fridays, right? We'll do another show on Friday night. And then Sunday, the preseason kicks off. And at that point, we convert this show back into being a post-game show where as soon as the game ends, you come here, and we're talking Lakers basketball with you and breaking down everything that happened in the game. And that's when we'll get back into our segments. We'll do our master lock of the night. We'll do the next man up award. Obviously, it'll be whichever non-LeBron, AD, Russell Westbrook player stepped up that particular night, not just LeBron and AD. So we'll do the next man up award. We'll do the master lock of the night. In fact, I was talking with Chris, the Masterpiece Masters today, and I know he's excited to get back on here too and uh, and to break down some Lakers basketball. So yes, we will still have those things this season. And again, this show will convert back to being the post-game show once the games start being played, which is coming up on Sunday, which is so great to be able to say. Amazing. Amazing. Yes, Lakers basketball is back. All right. Oh, last super chat came in from Mark. Mark, Trevor, what do you think about Reeves getting the 14th spot? I kind of talked about that already, but I, I like it. I think it's uh, it's just fine. I know I was big into Ennis getting one of those spots, but I think Reeves is a guy to develop. And if it doesn't work, the Lakers have built in so much protection with that contract. It's going to give them a lot of flexibility midseason. But I do think it's going to work out. I think they saw things they liked in him, and they saw even more they liked in him at the minicamp, and that's why they decided to go this route. So I'm excited to see what he can bring. But... That's going to wrap things up for today. Skylar, thanks so much for uh, for joining me tonight. Uh, my pleasure. It was cool. Everyone got to meet my new cat, Simba, as well. And uh, Trevor, appreciate you having me on. As always, been very busy uh, going to USC lately and throwing in all the Lakers references I can get in any media chance, uh, any media I'm doing there. So really appreciate everyone who tuned in to listen to us talk some Lakers basketball uh, tonight and just so excited that we're getting this season rolling. It is a 2K fantasy season. Um, it's incredible. The players we have on this roster, six Hall of Famers. It's going to be one of the most fun seasons to watch in Lakers history, and I just can't wait. Yep, here we are. Let's let's go. All right, everybody, appreciate you joining us tonight. Make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell as well so you get notified every time we put out a new video. Till next time, everybody. See ya. And stay safe.